This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, welcome everybody. Uh, Before we kick off this interview with one super producer, Mike Ryan, we just want to take a minute and make an announcement that we are super excited about. We are joining the Blue Wire podcast family, and this is our first episode with them. It's been a... uh, a fun journey to work all this stuff out and to negotiate with this whole uh, cast of characters we've got on this show. Uh, we've we've got a lot of a lot of stuff in store for you, and and this is the first one we wanted to kind of uh, give you one of the 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 more beloved names. Well, I say beloved. I don't know. Uh, is Mike Ryan the most loved and also the most hated out of the Lebetard Show universe, Morgan? Who would that be? Yeah, I think so. Like the most disrespected (laughs) for for absolutely no reason. Um, If you actually break down what the man does, um, put some respect on his name, people. Seriously, seriously. I I think it's, yeah, it's, I think it's, let's see, it's, it's a certain percentage of the heat homerism and then the, the Browns fandom. I think that factors into it. Um, But I think mainly it's because he's good looking. I think I think that's probably where most of it. Be what about you? What, what do you what do you think is the uh, the number one reason folks love to hate on old Mike Ryan? Yeah, he's ridiculously good looking. He's not just a dish; he's like a full on five course meal, right? <laughs> you get him with that full beard. I mean, yeah, meal. So folks don't like him, obviously, because he's handsome. You know, uh, people sipping on on haterade left and right. But uh, uh, Pam, Pam, what do you think about it? Uh, I think everybody hates a winner. You always hate somebody doing better than you. And look at Mike Ryan. All he does is win. It's true. It's absolutely true. He's uh, and uh, I think those uh, those Miami Heat are are maybe a plus one in the the W column right now. So so technically they're winners. I think they're just above five hundred. Uh, uh, Mayor, uh, how how did you feel about this this interview? I thought it was fantastic, and again, I'm a big fan of Mike's from the technical side. He does an awful lot with the show behind the scenes, and again, I go back to the beginning of the pandemic where he was having to use hamsters and wheels, duct tape, and bailing wire to keep the the pod going and on the air, so I'm a big fan of what he does behind the scenes, and especially during that real difficult time, still be able to provide content to everybody. Yeah, it it's been a uh, it's been quite the journey through this past year and and going you know we're we're over a year at this point and to see you know a lot of transitions and stuff happened over the course of this past year uh, and and including the fact that they left ESPN and they kept everything going you know not just the pandemic but also switching feeds flawlessly to keep us content you know every single day uh Jeanette I know you couldn't join us this was quite early for you on the west coast right yes um I think I was still getting my beauty sleep when you guys were talking to Mike Ryan 
Um, so the haterade in me flowed through that day, but I'm, you know, that's just what it is to be a fan of his. It's you get to learn so much, you pick up certain cues. So I know that whenever my inner Homer comes out for any and all things, it is an homage to Mike Ryan. So thank you, Mike Ryan. You inspire me on the daily. I love that so much, so much. And and Lou, I know you you made a hat for for one Mr. Mike Ryan. Can you can you tell us a little bit about it? So as we all know, the Lebedard show is impeccably produced. So we sent uh, the great Mike Ryan a impeccably produced hat on the front. It has the goods for Baker Mayfield has the goods designed by Guillermo Mafia on his way at the Chris Winningham's house. So hopefully on Monday we will hear about the new hats that Mike Ryan received from us. Excellent, excellent. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, friends and family, thank you for for sticking with us uh, this this entire past year as we've gotten this thing off the ground. Uh, Beep. Yeah, just uh, don't forget to check out uh, the whole uh, catalog of Blue Wire Pods. Um, NFL Roadshow with Lindsey Rhodes, uh, American Prodigy, and Blue Wire's newest uh, podcast about uh, Ken Griffey Jr. called uh, American Prodigy, The Kid. Uh, that one is spectacular, so you're definitely going to want to check that out. So a big shout out to, uh, to KJ um, for getting us all hooked up there. Excellent. Morgan. Can I just say that if it was early in LA, it was really fucking early in Australia. <laughs> just going to put that out there. Yeah, no sympathy, no sympathy from Morgan. So, so sorry, shit. Jeanette. <laughs> it was 2 a.m. and I was in bed. All right. Well, well, thank you again for everybody sticking with us. We are thrilled to be on this this new relationship, this new journey with, with Blue Wire Pods, and uh, we'll get to it. Thank you, Mike. And we are back on Lower After Hours. Thank you, Mr. Mike Ryan fan account. Today we are joined by a special guest, and there's really only one way to introduce our guest, and, and that is the man who would absolutely take Skip Bayless to the woodshed. Absolutely. Mike Ryan, what's going on, brother? Glad to finally be doing this. Honored that you would have me. And yes, I would break his skinny ass over my knee. What are these people? What are these people thinking, man? I mean, the guy's a he's a bum. He's old. Get out of here. Have you ever seen a 70-year-old man getting up from a chair? Just, yeah. just getting up. Have you ever seen a 70-year-old man just get up yes, from we where watch, they were? We watch yeah. Greg Cody every Tuesday. Look, obviously, Skip Bayless is different than Greg Cody. But he's still 70. He's still a 70-year-old man. It's beyond insulting. I know part of it's a bit, but I would throw him, I'm pretty certain, 20 yards. 20 yards, I could throw Skip Bayless. I can just pick him up. I would probably have to get, like, I don't know how I would do it. One hand on the shoulder, probably between the thighs, just so I can get the most out of it. But I could throw him 20 yards. I'm pretty sure of it. I'm a big guy. Yeah, my money's my money's definitely on you. And I know there's a lot of betters in here who would also take you take you in that fight. So in the right shoes, 
In the right shoes, I'm pushing six foot five, 215. I would destroy this human being. Yeah, no question. Good, we're all in agreement? Yeah. Yes. Is there any team skips? Nope. Because if there's a team skip, you can get a taste too. <laughs> I think you could I think you could throw Flem 30 yards. I was gonna say I'm kind of 50-50 with the skip versus Mike Ryan, but I guess we could do it to throw me 30 yards. Thanks, Morgan. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's get going around the horn here. We got a bunch of questions we want to get to. Um, Mr. Oh, I guess Mark Bounce, he's too important for us. He had Reddit problems to cover, I guess. So let's start it off with Mr. Steve, Steve Arduini. Go ahead, brother. Hey, Mike, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. We can skip the pleasantries, although I do like your shirt. <laughs> exactly, there we go. Uh, so I have a, a quick a quick one and then my real one. So have you been able to sleep since Steak Sauce sent you his chode on Discord? <laughs> um, it's haunting. It is spade with me. I'm picturing it right now and... I can't actually, in my mind, it had a hole in it in the, at the center. In my, in my mind, there's definitely a hole at the center of it. Um, was I the only one that was confused as to what part of the body that was? On the yeah, a quick glance, it wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't fun. Yeah, uh, I haven't slept well. I haven't slept well. And this is certainly, reliving this trauma is certainly not helping. All right. So then aside from that, that the haunting moment we all shared. Uh, so aside from being friends with Ric Flair and getting to go to Stanford Bridge, what, what's the best perks you've gotten from either show related or uh, Chelsea mic'd up related? Wow. The Chelsea perks are outrageous. Um, it's a shame. I could probably reveal this, but the pandemic kind of nuked what would have been like a, a once in a lifetime trip. They were slated to tour the United States and I was going to like MC the entire thing and travel with the team. I was going to take my, my wife and daughter and that would have been by far the coolest thing. My, my actual first gig with them, the final whistle on hate in, in Boston where they came to Boston and played an exhibition, raised a bunch of money um, to fight anti-Semitism. I was with them at the team hotel and they were just all like super nice. I actually saw Roman Abramovich, which is like really rare. Um, that was, that was throw me in the deep end in terms of really cool stuff and the tour of Stanford bridge. And basically we were sleeping at Stanford bridge, Chris Whittingham and I, for the, the time that we were there during the festive fixtures and every day Stanford bridge was my office. And I would just be like on my phone, like doing my work emails while I'm sitting at, at the shed end. And it was just, it was a real pinch me moment that. Sanford Bridge was kind of my office for a week. So yeah, the Chelsea stuff is real cool. The Ric Flair birthday, that that doesn't happen without him liking the show. Um, there've been, I, I've had a lot of cool access because of friends that I've made, genuine friendships that I've made. Marty Fish has like become, I talked to Marty Fish more than I talked to my dad. Um, and yeah, he came down here when the Miami Open was and I was just, I'm in a fantasy baseball league with John Isner. Um, it's just, um, it's really cool stuff. I'm, I'm genuinely fans of these people. And it's just wild that they take any interest in the thing that I've sort of helped shape along these years. Perfect. Thanks, man. While we're here, Chelsea mic'd up. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Mike and Chris Whittingham do a, do a great job on that. So up next, we're going to throw it out to a vehicle somewhere in North Carolina where Mr. Christy Yamaguchi, Maine, a.k.a. Will, is standing by. Hey, Mike. Uh, first time, long time. Thanks for your time. Uh, the music that usually introduces the Lauer. 
great theme song or the greatest? And also Meadowlark Media, will that have a record label imprint that we can send demos to? I'll take my answer off the air. Thanks. Still trying to get clarification as to what our music licenses are. Basically, I'm just working off of you telling me I can play it on a, on a DM. I'm not sure that holds up in court, but if uh, please don't be a litigious person, Chrissy Yamaguchi, man, that would be very disappointing. Um, it, it was fantastic. And it's almost as if immediately after that, sea shanties blew up. I don't know if you saw the, the sea shanty tre- uh, trend blowing up on TikTok or if you just leaned into the pirate stuff, but pirates are back in a big way. And you are riding that wave, my friend. It's incredible. I know you're working on a shorter version, so we can bring that back. Um, that's one of the times that I, look, uh, we've talked off air about what the, the Reddit is, and but the, it is a pretty good resource to know. I can get a general consensus on whether or not something is wearing out its welcome or not. And I think people got tired of fast forwarding it. So, but it's actually cool to see all the reaction to like, where is it? We're not like, where have you guys been over the last month instead of the constant complaining? No one's been like, I hope they keep it forever. So now it's good to see all the people that are fans of it. So hopefully we can find a happy medium with a shorter version and keep introing it. I love it. It's, it's a great piece of music. Yeah, these uh great job on that, Will, but these music snobs around here between him and Flim and him, I mean, God almighty, get over yourselves, guys. Jeez. I, I deeply appreciate everything that you guys do. And I apologize that some of it doesn't make it to air. Some of that is dictated by um, corporate machines and licenses. And, and sometimes I just get into the show and, and things get lapsed and it doesn't really make sense to play. We try to listen to everything uh, and make a judgment call on everything because we owe you guys that much. And hopefully we can get to a place here real soon where we can start integrating that a little bit more. I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been taking a few more chances on what makes it to the podcast in terms of parody songs, because I dare people to find our legal department. Actually scrub that. I don't dare them. We don't have a legal department. <laughs> well, we appreciate it regardless, man. So yeah, thank you for it. For sure, man. Y'all don't owe us anything. So we appreciate everything y'all do for us. So up next, we're going to go to your biggest fan and Mr. Mike Ryan fan account. Eric, go ahead, brother. Hey, Mike. So what's your um, proudest accomplishment at ESPN? Because listening to the, uh, I think it was a South Beach session or mystery crate that Dan did with uh, David Sampson, it sounded like you just kind of got thrown into the deep end as far as, all right, you're an executive producer now. And out of the deep waters came this great, you know, what you are now, this machine of content. So what's your, I guess, greatest... uh, looking back on it, like this is my aha moment where I proved myself. Um, real good question. And thank you again for being a, the world's only Mike Ryan dedicated fan account. I, I appreciate that. Um, quite the niche you've carved out for yourself, uh, but it's uh, deeply appreciated. So the thing that I'm most proud of at, at ESPN, um, because that's a different question is, um, I, I think that our show kind of got a reputation as a star making vehicle people got pulled into our universe and their careers just exploded after we brought them in. Um, Let me say, universally speaking, we didn't bring anybody in that we didn't see that already. And we, we only really focus on hyper talented people that were probably going to make it regardless. But the fact that our show seemed to fast track some of these people and it was 
kind of like viewed as this is a data reference, but when Johnny Carson would invite a, a stand-up comedian over to his couch, it would sort of make them. And our show kind of got that reputation around ESPN and just walk in the halls uh, of ESPN whenever I did go to Bristol, which was not often. And people just there within that Bristol culture, thanking us for just existing and giving people that outlet and letting people have fun and, and bucking trends and pushing limits over there. It was deeply appreciated. So I think it's a combination of our reputation. I think our legacy is still ongoing. Look, highly questionable still on the air. Mina Kimes is an absolute superstar. She's going to be the world's first green superstar. She, she's just always, she's just always green. And that's what's so charming about her. She's authentic and it's really working out great for her. And she's like, the smartest person I know. And yes, it includes Pablo Torre, who is probably really mad if he hears that. Um, but there's a, there's a, such an impressive stable of talent that was talented well before we got there. And we were just really glad to bring a diverse group of talent to um, our fan base and our fan base, including you guys are just incredible. Like once someone gets blessed with, Hey, we like these guys root for them. We're seeing it now with, with Kate Fagan, you guys are very supportive for the most part and, and support their endeavors and um, people see immediate results in, in jumping aboard with us. So that's my well, long answer, but that's what I'm most proud of over at ESPN. Yeah, no doubt. You guys definitely kind of blazed the trail for a lot of a lot of people, like you said, to to kind of carve their own lanes, which I mean, that's that's so cool, y'all, man. So um, big, big props for that, for sure. So up next, we're going to throw it to the one and only Steak Sauce. Hey, good morning, Mike. I just want to thank you for uh, spreading the power of uh, positivity over on Discord. Sorry, you think you saw my chode. Um <laughs> Um, do you have any stories you could tell about unnamed wrestlers? And uh, if not, if uh, Newcastle ends up getting relegated, do I get to pick a new Premier League team? Yeah, I give you permission. Come on over. I feel like Chelsea's the adopted team of uh, all Levitard show fans, right? I mean, no one's out here rooting for bad things to happen to Chelsea, right? Unless you're like a, a United fan, I guess, or something like that. Um I, I really have my regrets because now I can't tell the story without you piecing together who the, the wrestler is in question. But yeah, there's, he, it, I need time to reveal this story. It's a, it's pretty nuts, but um, one day I'll tell a story about how I almost died and you can probably piece together the two or at least how I felt I almost died. Um, it's kind of like in the Amin neighborhood of the story he revealed this week so i actually came nowhere near to death but i actually thought i was near death it's one of those there's a couple people that know what i'm talking about i know chrissy yamaguchi main does what a uh, what a teaser for us so uh up next we're gonna throw it over to somebody who's dressed for dressed for the uh, the occasion um a big fan of corporate michael i believe which is going to be our Mr. Corporate Beat Count. Big fan of Corporate Michael. Um, I, I love the gig from the, uh, from the get-go. Um, two quick questions. Uh, one, what is the actual origin of the beep sound? Uh, and then two, with being a father, uh, a husband, uh, producing the greatest podcast in the history of podcasts, and also Chelsea mic'd up, 
where do you find that healthy work-life balance? Uh, <laughs> I'm still trying to find the healthy work-life balance. Uh, believe it or not, even though we're free agents, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this Brockmeyer podcast, which I might as well uh, publicize. I believe episode zero dropped today. Episode zero is uh, funny, really funny. But we also had to clear it. There's a, there's a lot. I've yeah, the, the Brockmeyer thing has turned into a very interesting challenge for me. It's a, been very time consuming, but I, I hope for it to be rewarding and for it to shoot up and I can have another screenshot of one of my podcasts going to number one. I would deeply appreciate that. The Jim Brockmeyer podcast, Wishina Dot. Um, please subscribe. To answer your question, I'm not finding a healthy balance right now. Um, and this is something that, that I've struggled with in the past. I've done a better job of putting some escape hatches along the way and, and rec doing a better job of recognizing when it feels like I'm taking on too much water. Um, it's a lot. Uh, it takes a lot of work to come off this disorganized, believe it or not. And there's a lot of things that are just administrative and stuff that no one sees the end product of that just goes into this huge ball that now encapsulates everything that is Metal Arc Media. Um, we're very much starting a company and we're doing that together. It's like a family business. And there's things that I never thought would be part of my job description that have become it. Um, I have a very understanding family. My wife is an absolute superhero because she's uh, a nurse. Um, well, she works at her, her dad's a urologist and she works at that office a couple of times a week. And we try to find the balance in all of this. We all know that this is a means to an end and this is a down payment on more quality time down the road. But yeah, it's something that I struggle with constantly um, right now. And I hope to get better at it. Uh, where I have improved is recognizing when it gets to be too much. And thankfully I live in a place that ha has a bunch of water and I don't have to visualize it because I'm terrible at meditation. Although Go Fist Mike has been helping. <laughs> it's pretty fantastic. So uh, speaking of uh, work-life balance, we just recorded a dad pod episode with Mr. Billy Gill. Give us your honest opinion on what kind of dad you think Billy's going to be. He's going to be very careful. Uh, Billy's a, uh, a, I recognize the upbringing. I see a lot of my dad's upbringing. I see a lot of Dan's upbringing. It's a very uh, Miami Cuban family dynamic. And that, that kid's going to be beyond love, doted on. Um, things are probably going to be overthought as I'm sure you probably came to that same sort of conclusion. Billy is um, what, what shows up on the air is an amplified version of who Billy really is. That's the yeah. case for everybody for the most part. And that's the saying in wrestling, the best gimmicks are the ones that are closest to who you are just with the volume turned up and everyone's kind of like that. Billy is neurotic and has idiosyncrasies as we all do. And it should be, uh, it'll, I'm really excited to see what kind of person Billy turns into after um, becoming a parent, after this baby is born, because it does, it does change a man. So we'll see. We'll see what it happens. A team full of producers. Nobody can produce a boy. It's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is uh, that is pretty crazy. So maybe one will turn up here later. Maybe it'll come out of from it'll come from Dan. You never know. But uh, up next, we're gonna throw it down under to our our glorious Miss Morgan. Morgan, go ahead. Well, unlike um, you guys, apparently all we can produce around here is males because this is an absolute sausage fest of a podcast. But um, I'm here to change that up. Um, I just want, like, 
um, to date this podcast, Chelsea have just won 3 0 uh, with Sam Kerr once again scoring. So a big shout out to Sam Kerr. I asked Witty about her last time, so I don't want to be myopic and, and do the same thing. So if Sunmin Kimes joined Reddit, would she fix the whole thing? Because I think she would. Yeah, I think she, that's, <laughs> I don't know why I haven't thought of that. Yeah, I think people gravitate. She's the the Ted Lasso of Twitter accounts. Sunmin Kimes is authentic. I don't know if you guys got the chance to listen to the episode where we interviewed her on Chelsea Mic'd Up, but that was... <laughs> That was an absolute delight. Um, her Twitter account is is beyond description. It's it, it's she's either the greatest comedic mind of our time or genuinely the nicest person on the planet. And but I want to think it's both. I, I want it to be both. Like I want her to be trolling her kids so badly, as well as just filling us with joy and making us hate our own parents more than we already did. Like, yeah. why is my mom such a bitch? Why is she not Sunmin Kimes? <laughs> and every like every like I get for she follows me on Instagram and she likes my pictures and every one of them is like a super like on I and I just oh I love her so much. Yeah. This whole question was just a means to tell everybody that something kinds follows you on Instagram, right? Yeah, I'm just a name dropping whore. I'm sorry. <laughs> something kinds the best. <laughs> I agree, if that's your question. That was yeah, sound sorry, like a declarative statement. <laughs> one. I'm just here to tell you that I'm on Sunmin Kimes fan account. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you, Morgan, um, for all that you do, which is right now um, being the only woman on this uh, podcast, <laughs> which is a demo that sorely needed help with. And I'm, I'm promoting other women, Sunmin Kimes for president. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm really enjoying this because there is a, a Lou in sales is doing his job. We have a, a what appears to be an evil scientist um, concocting some sort of serum. Um, and you guys are legitimately joining us like from your jobs. Uh, Chris Yamaguchi man is just hosing down car mats, which I actually would have guessed that's what you do for a living. Um, so that's actually pretty on brand. All right, let's uh, throw it up to Brooklyn where Stiano is waiting. Go ahead, Ant. Hey, Mike. So right. I'll preface this by saying this is not a criticism, but no. I wanted to understand some of the logistics behind doing Twitch. I love whenever you guys do it. I really do. And I understand it's really hard, but I sort of wanted to get behind the hood a little bit and, or the curtain and sort of understand the logistics of the bandwidths and the different oh. things that you guys run into with that. Bandwidth. It's boring, right? No one wants to hear about it. We don't have a lot of it. It's you guys don't know how many times we have to stop recordings because Zoom screens freeze and we don't have the same kind of bandwidth that we used to have over at the Worldwide Leader. We have to replace that. We just keep pushing out content. One of my greatest achievements professionally is getting you guys a show on January 6th. It's not sexy. You got no idea how many Zoom meetings there was and templating all that stuff and disconnecting from the worldwide leader and building out a whole new infrastructure. It's not sexy. It's boring. And it's not working nearly half as good as it once did. But that was an incredible achievement, if I do say so myself. Twitch, it's a bandwidth issue. I'm sure you guys saw the last time we did it. And it's also a manpower thing. Look, it's legitimate. Dan is funding everything right now. It's it costs a lot of money. We have a director coming in there because we also have a certain set of standards 
ourselves. Could we conceivably just all turn on our computer screens like we did with that March Sadness thing that we did over the weekend? Yeah, but we don't want to do that. We don't want to water down the product. I think you guys have a certain expectation when you tune into some of those, which is why um, the slam dunk contest um, went so poorly. Um, yeah, I, I we don't have the bandwidth for it, both in literal bandwidth, and it's a lot to do those live shows. The guys are getting into a nice groove and realizing we're doing on demand now, so you can flub 40 minutes straight on one thing. I'm not sure if that, that's something that you guys want to hear. We're trying to do a better job of, hey, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, kind of replicating that radio show format so we don't get stuck on Isaiah Wilson for 30 minutes on, on the local hour. We want to change it up. And when we do Twitch, we have to break that habit. So it's a nice thing to do. We're going to certainly be doing a hell of a lot more of it. But once we get the resources to do it, and once we have the time to really devote ourselves to making sure that's as good as it possibly can be, because right now the only way that we can do that is, all right, three weeks out, we're going to do this. Let's have this. Let's have this graphic overlay. We like to visually pop. There's a certain visual aesthetic that accompanies everything that we do. Angel Resto is the unsung hero of everything that we do over here. And uh, we want to make sure that we live up to expectations. We're not going to half-ass it because that's when you start, that's when you start losing folks that you don't want people to say, yeah, it's good, but it, it was a lot better a couple of years ago. I, I never want people to come away with that, especially now where the stakes are pretty high because we left the worldwide leader. And I can tell you wholeheartedly the two Twitch broadcasts that we did, that was the most seamless production that I've ever dealt with while doing one of those. And I work for ESPN. It's not to say ESPN's not good at it, but there's a lot of channels that you have to go through, a lot of levels of bureaucracy. This was a clean broadcast that everybody was pretty happy with. I want people to still be happy with that. I'm self-aware enough, <laughs> despite what some people think, that I know that if I start doing that with more regularity, the quality will go down. And I don't want the quality to go down. I want you guys uh, leave the audience wanting more, just like you want more. I will deliver more, but just when I can. Well, I will say that we appreciate every time you do it. I often see on Reddit, you got to remember, they were on ESPN one day and they were on no platform in your face, exactly the same the following day. And you criticize them because, you know, Chris's bow tie was off that one day or whatever. It's just, it, you know, insane. So anyway, we appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, we definitely appreciate all you guys do, man. And and as far as the what you're talking about, wanting to pop visually, man, we we talk all the time how much we love all that stuff. And it just it adds so much flair to the show. It's uh it's so good. And Angel, that dude's a beast, man. So taking it from Brooklyn over to Memphis, Mr. Aaron. Aaron, go ahead, brother. Hey, Michael. So I'm gonna keep mine pretty simple. I'm just getting to experience the Justice Winslow experience, and it's been very frustrating. He'll come down and hit a beautiful fallaway jumper, and then the next possession, he like hits it off the side of the backboard. Um, is that is that is that what it's going to be like for me till he's gone? Is that pretty common? Do I have to deal with that forever? Your voice is incredible. You know that, right? Your, your, your voice is incredible, Aaron. I, I'd love your delivery. I'd like to stay on that for just a second. You might be the next go piss Mike, Aaron. Um, great delivery. Uh, yeah, that's a Justice Winslow experience. Um, that, and I'm sure you've already been frustrated with how hurt he has been and not yeah. fully fit. I like Justice. 
I got to know him a little bit and doing some of the stuff with our show when he's rookie. I think he, I, I'll go to my grave saying that he has a, a really high ceiling, but I don't, I don't think the shooting's ever going to come. And on top of that, there's, I don't want to pry, but he's had very bizarre social media behavior since he left Miami. I'm not sure why the heat culture wasn't such a fit for him. I know a lot of heat fans resent that they took him over Devin Booker. I, I really pull for justice Winslow. I pull for different cats. I think he's a different cat. I think he's ultra talented. He's been unlucky with the injury. I think he will stay in the league for a long time, but the pivot may have to be, Hey, you're just a piece. Now you're a role player initiating the offense. He can do that in like the James Johnson kind of way. Like, okay, third unit, we have a point forward type. I'm not sure that's in the cards for him. I don't think he can be a, a top two piece on a really good team, but I think he has a huge future as a, as a role player, if he wants to accept it. Yeah, Hopefully that's all we need him for good defense and, and role playing. So yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a real good defender. He He's a bright kid. Um, he's obviously super talented and in initiating offense. It's just putting it all together and staying healthy. I'm, I'm genuinely rooting for him. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. So, Mike, you you uh you have your hands in a lot of different pies in terms of your sports knowledge. What's your what's your favorite one to cover? I'm assuming soccer. Yeah, it, I can't really do that on the Levitard show. Uh, yeah. like it's not the most inclusive thing, and just so many people on the show hate it. And I think it's actually a good dynamic. Um, having Witty on, <laughs> you'll notice whenever we talk soccer, we talk super fast the way that I talk super fast when I talk about the heat, just because I'm just trying to get the hell out of the way because I know so few people actually want to hear it. Yeah. Um, hopefully some of those walls break down. I think it's becoming a little bit more normal. Just the the sea change in the last few years where like Steve's wearing a, a Chelsea jersey right now. It's on the radar. It's a it's a part of the Levitard show. Like you guys know it's floating out there and there sure. isn't the same kind of poison even though there's a fair amount still i love talking soccer but i have an outlet for it with chelsea mic'd up and i've kept a a pretty decent separation of church and state i very rarely now that we're free agents i've mentioned it a few more times but i, I still try to keep a little separation of church and state like i have a creative outlet to get my voice out when it comes to soccer and i have a, a chelsea branded football podcast that i'm very proud of uh, so outside of that, nothing, nothing really gets my juices flowing. Like when the, the Miami hurricanes are good, it really taps into the worst parts of me. And, yeah. uh, I love being yeah. a hockey canes fan. Um, and I know how terrible that is. It's, it's, it, it amplifies all the worst parts about 
my fanaticism. Hey, as long as, um, as long as Peepo's there for the ride, we don't mind yeah, at all. I miss it so much. I miss, I miss them being good so much. I hate being a clown that gets my hopes up and, and drag, but at this point it's the expectation. So I'm there for your payoffs. Uh, I love college football. It's a very regional thing. Uh, it's a, it's a you thing. You just don't understand. So yeah, I, I, I love talking college football. Another place that I don't really do that much on, on the show. We don't really talk that much college football on the show. So it's weird. I, obviously everyone knows pro football, but I, I think the show's sporting conversations are pretty 90% geared to pro football and NBA basketball, which is, I don't know if that's a byproduct of working for the worldwide leader. If you look at the landscape, there are three major sports right now, pro football, college football, and NBA basketball. I, I would really hope that we start shining a light on some of the other stuff. But I think with our personality driven show, you need a connection. There are people out there that pay attention to heat basketball just so they can follow along with what's happening on the show. So maybe we're doing that for the Florida Panthers right now. Yeah, for sure. So uh, you're a music snob. Let's throw it over to probably our biggest music snob, Mr. Fleminem. Mike Ryan, appreciate you joining my man. Big fan. So I know you spend a lot of plates right now. Like you said, you're trying to find that balance between work life and family life. When things settle down, kind of get calm. Uh, do we get to some more DJ Mike Ryan? Or are you going to be pursuing some personal side things or maybe even incorporating some of your musical talents into some side projects with Metal Arc not related to the show? I don't know if Metal Arc's going to have a music division. Uh, pandemic really, really torpedoed what I was actually starting to feel really good about. Um, I did it as kind of like a rib. Well, everybody... I initially got into DJing because Dan thought what I was doing was DJing when it's not at all DJing, which is just playing a, a Lou Holtz sneeze over a, an existing dance track is not really DJing, but try explaining that to a 50 year old man that knows nothing of it. And it's like, you're DJing Moss. Okay. So I told him that if I'm going to DJ, I'm going to actually really DJ. I want to learn it and I want to be uh, uh, somewhat respectable at it the first one i listen I, I see videos back i barely knew what i was doing with the, the first one and i had like this whole soundboard and some of the integration was pretty good but like anything you devote time to it and i just genuinely enjoyed spinning i would do it here in the house and it would be a, a wean a, a, a means of centering myself um and then the super bowl happened and i was starting to get really good at it the shack concert was probably the best bit of djing i've ever done and it was really, it was really wild, you guys. And uh, the DJ, who was a well-known DJ, was supposed to go on after me. He ran 30 minutes late. I was playing to his crowd for 30 minutes, and it was just all riffing. They were like, can you do 30 more minutes? I'm like, I can do 90 more minutes. I was just really enjoying that. I was really getting a thrill out of it. And then the pandemic hit, and I was experimenting with Twitches and, and Instagrams, and I could feel myself getting really good. There were transitions and mixes. I was making live remixes on the spot of songs and then i moved my house uh, moved houses and i haven't plugged my dj equipment in since july i got asked to do a gig on a beach we lose him yeah. and i i really enjoy the creative expression that i do it but i don't like the optics of uh of performing right now and i'm, I'm not good enough i need to get a little bit better because i'm rusty but i hope to get back into it I feel like I froze. Yeah, I'm, you froze I'm, for a second there, but we can hear you now. But no, I appreciate the answer. And 
Yeah, and we absolutely, at least I think I did and some other, we saw the progression through the Instagrams last year, like the mixing became really dope. So um, we'll just say that you'll be doing an Instagram live soon and we'll just put that out there to force you to do something for us. No, I appreciate the answers, man. Yeah, and we're we're all definitely looking forward to uh, getting you on the ones and twos at Moss, the next Moss event for sure. So uh, up I next, like Moss. Oh. I like DJing Moss because Moss is actually a crowd that's rooting for you. And <laughs> yeah, it's a win-win. <laughs> the last Moss that we did, where we played Daft Punk, and it was like the crowd was really into it. If you'd remember, that's how I knew I was getting actually pretty good at it because a couple tech things went sideways on me. Like the speakers stopped working momentarily. It was all stuff that was out of my hands, but I hopped back on and I just kept marching on. Like in the early days, I would have totally wrecked my confidence and nuked me. But I've actually, I've played some pretty bad gigs when I was trying to just practice, practice, practice. I played at a bar once where I only had one deck that was working. And I, I was like, Ow. yeah, I couldn't make a transition. It was basically stop, start, and there was no way of fixing it. So you go through something like that, it'll prepare you for things going haywire. That's why if anybody wants to get into it, it's like anything, repetition, but repetition live in front of people because you can't replicate like, oh shit, everything's broken everyone's looking to you. There's nothing worse than when people are looking to you to be the party and the party stops. Yeah. There's nothing more unsettling than silence when you're expecting sounds. So when you go through enough bad gigs and technical mishaps and you're able to roll with it and jump back in and get the people back, that stuff is like, that's really rewarding. Yeah, I can imagine that anxiety. You can't, I mean, you can't practice with, with that um, emotion involved. So that, that's got to be wild for sure. So we got three more before we get you out of here. Uh, up next, we're going to go to Mr. Schweitz. Hey, Mike. Uh, so my question is uh, one that I think all of us have asked each other at some point, and that is, does your wife get the show? I don't know. Uh, she finds some some things funny she used to watch us with regularity when she was staying home and we were accessible and she would watch the twitch if she happened to be home she does kind of because like anybody I, I come home and i bring my work with me unfairly and i vent and she knows more but she knows more dirty laundry than anybody on the on the day on levitard show probably outside of dan's wife but yeah she 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 gets what we go she's married to me right she has to and my my brand of humor is all over that thing. It was part of the templating process. So she, if she, she has to get the show because she gets me. Gotcha. My, my other uh, request is uh, at some point as a joke, can you pitch Dan on a corporate Gregory character? <laughs> I don't know if Greg's got, I don't know if Greg's got the chops for it. Uh, he certainly doesn't, but uh, <laughs> I feel like Dan's reaction would be, would be worth it if he thinks you're serious. Yeah, I almost brought corporate Mike back. This is a Lauer After Hours exclusive. I almost brought corporate Mike back for uh, the final week, um, the final full week that we were doing on ESPN. But I corporate Mike actually like disappeared. He's presumed dead. And so I was going to come back as like a sort of zombie, like a literal zombie. Uh, but things were a little too crazy and there were just too many plates to spin. And I was still a little hurt by the initial reaction to it. So I didn't pull the trigger on it. I, he might be done and dusted corporate Mike. It's a shame. Bring him back. Bring him back. We, uh, we all loved it here. Um, so next we're going to throw it over to Kish. I think he actually on that topic has a question about bits. Go ahead, Kish. 
our local scientist. So I can't hear anything after I step outside, but I'll ask my question. Well, uh, basically, uh, what's your favorite bit of all time? Maybe like also your favorite bit before you were made the main person kind of in charge of the executive producer and uh, after you became the executive producer. I have a couple of favorite bits of all time. Very Sugat's list. My top five is probably like a top 12. I remember the first bit that I produced that went really well that I can't find. Um, I've tried. There was this, um, you guys are familiar with the leaked video of the Scientology stuff that Tom Cruise was doing. And it was like this voice that used to host like Guinness Book of World Records show. And like he was running through his title and it was just like the most bizarre thing we ever see, saw. I did like a whole parody of that. And that was the first time that I was really like kind of feeling myself on, on produce stuff. I was really proud of that. Um, it probably doesn't hold up. I'm kind of glad that I, if I, cause in my mind, it was probably a lot better than it was. I listened back to some of the older stuff. I'm like, holy shit. There's some songs that I'm really produced uh, that, that we produce and I'm really proud of. Um, the Stewie awards and templating that like Dan, I caught Dan yesterday. He's like, we don't really do bits here anymore. And he throws the March sadness. I'm like, this is, this is a bit that you realize that. And some of these things get taken for granted. A lot of work goes into March sadness and the series. These are year long projects and the, the payoff thankfully extends out for more than just a little bit. Really proud of the, the long side of the day. To answer your question, if I had to boil it down to one thing, cause no one saw that coming no one saw the names attached to it. And it was, I'm still pissed off that there aren't several editorial pieces about how it's like the most brilliant thing ever. It was a joke, like eight years in the making. Um, and the payoff was spectacular for it. And there was a lot of work that went into it. A lot of favors were asked and we created original music and yeah. So it's probably the long side of the day. Yeah, that one, that one, uh, definitely uh was a killer man what so. was your reaction i'm genuinely curious as to know like what the reaction is you don't have to say like it was awesome but just like where were you were you as surprised like where is this going how long is this is that method man what is happening i was i was thoroughly depressed um just speaking individually but th thanks for bringing that up mike ryan <laughs> but i think <laughs> go ahead morgan i thought it was great I absolutely loved it. Like, and when it was like, it kept going, and like, I, yeah. I had no idea where it was going because I wasn't, I wasn't in on it. Like other people amongst this group were in on it, so to me, it was like surprise after surprise. So I thought it was sick, but I didn't have that like invested interest that other people may have had. Yeah, I think a lot of people's reaction was at first they were just kind of getting into it and then halfway through when everyone got it everyone was like holy shit this is this is amazing so that's that's what i uh that's how i took it anyway so when the when the chorus started kicking up at the very end it's like a legitimate goosebump moment when that church choir starts singing sad of the day it's a legitimately good piece of music yeah hey mike sure. could you speak uh, for just a second on the process of actually cutting phlegm from the long stat of the day Please. and the uh, just the creative juices that got <laughs> you to that point in general. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, so I, I do owe Flem an apology. We had really great contributions from a lot of familiar voices such as Flem, and we call that a lot of favors. And if, it, if it's, Flem, listen to me. 
uh, I, I cut out Hank Azaria doing like a whole like three minute riff. It was hilarious, but I, I couldn't find a place for it. We had very high standards and we wanted to fit it within a window. Um, I almost cut out the head over heels parody. Um, I'm a big Tears for Fears fan. That might have helped it, but it was just so catchy. So damn catchy. Every time I listen to that, I have It's the Stat of the Day stuck in my head. It's the one piece of music that always stays replaying in my mind. And that was a bit of a risk because it's, it was commercial music. If you notice, everything else in that was either original pieces of music that we had direct clearance from the artists or, or just totally created. Like I made a lot of the loops there. So it was a huge risk, especially at ESPN to have parody songs that were associated with existing songs. And at that point I was just like, I think the part that people are going to remember from this song the most, whether they know it or not while they experience it, because I have my favorite parts. I think the Mayday track is like, I want a six minute version of that track. But the part, every time that I was editing it, I couldn't escape the uh, the Tears for Fears portion. So quite honestly, I, I, I probably should have cut that um, because it could have caused problems. Thankfully, it didn't. Tears for Fears aren't litigious, uh, knock on wood. <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's what happened there. And I, I probably, I'll, I'll do like a mystery crate behind the bit stuff. I know I did some of it on the Clubhouse episode yeah. of Mystery Crate which I'm really proud of has made strides, by the way, you guys should check it out. It's getting better week to week. The guys are working harder on it. It's carving out more of its voice such that it can, because the whole premise of it is that it's a different voice every week. Uh, but one day we'll go like fully behind the bed. I'll play like the really long version. If you thought that the version that ended up on the air was a long version, you're mistaken. There's like a 30 minute version of that bad boy and Fleming M is a part of it. And unfortunately I couldn't fit it in. No, it's all good. And two things I took from that is that me and Hank Azaria are in similar company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second one was just the uh, one never need to apologize, but apologizing and then telling me streeters part was your favorite part just hurt a little bit more. Although thank you for that, Mike Ryan. I appreciate it. Yeah, he picked a good song, song choice. I'm he like, did. Uh, he did. Yeah, Mike thanks, for, thanks for not including Flynn because that would have made him even more insufferable than he already is. So <laughs> let's, uh, let's throw it over to our closer and get you out of here. Uh, Mr. Lou Rafter in sales has a question for you. Then think something okay. in his little magic crate of content. <laughs> Luke, All right, off in vibe going right now. It's just not just the beard, but you're, you're woodworking. I think you're making a boat in the background. Well, te- oh, technically, wow. according to Sarah Spain, I'm welding. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, my question is if you could go in studio and see a band record you know, their your favorite album, which artist and which album would you pick to go see them record their that album? My favorite album of all time is Elephant by the White Stripes. So I'm, I'm totally fascinated by Jack White, the recording process, the dynamic between he and Meg has to be like wild to see in person. Um, and he's a multi-instrumentalist. So seeing how he actually makes all those pieces of music work together would be good. Um, observing Beck would be kind of cool. I think Beck has like one of the more eclectic catalogs on this planet. If you listen to every Beck album, it's just, it's the most absurd shit ever that he could give you like a, a, a very powerful moving acoustic ballad that'll make you rethink your entire life. And then he'll do like a seventies a funk joint and there's some disco and he could do electronic and um, he's kind of peculiar. He's a reformed Scientologist. I also find that fascinating. Um, so even though 
I, I don't wear my passion for Beck on my sleeve. I would love to see Beck and uh, the BC boys. Um, the BC boys book was a little disappointing because it wasn't salacious like everybody expected. But if you're a fan of looping and, and music, they get really into the technical side and seeing how they experiment with loops being that I'm a little bit more familiar with it. And I have a loop machine and I was experimenting with that a ton when, before I first started DJing, seeing how those people loop. Wow. This is actually my favorite question that I've received because I have so many answers for it. And uh, I would love to just be around Kanye recording anything um, and just be there with popcorn and just watch how insane he is uh, about his process and, because if, if Kanye has proven anything outside of just being a, a crazy eccentric person is that he has a good ear for stuff. So I imagine the shit Kanye has probably thrown away is probably a lot better than any of this stuff that your favorite SoundCloud rappers ever come up with. All right, Mike. So we're going to get you out of here, but uh, we got a gift for you. Um, since you are a producer and you have to wear many hats, uh, we decided that you need a Chelsea mic'd up cap. Oh, I love it. I've been asking for premiums since day one of Chelsea mic'd up. I haven't gotten them yet. I am going to rock the shit out of that. That is awesome, Lou. I and we, we, we got, I got, I got one more. Uh, I worked with the Guillermo Mafia guys and we came up with a, the goods hat. I love that. That wow. is great. These are thoughtful hats. I, I really appreciate it. I won't sue you anymore. I promise. That, that was my whole goal. Especially if we send you fridges and printers and ink and all that stuff, right? (laughs) You you sent us a printer? Yeah, I did the printer in the fridge. Lou, could you send over some cartridges for that thing? (laughs) Yeah, I'll get on it right now. (laughs) All right, let let me go. I'm going to go start another uh, GoFundMe so we can raise more uh, print cartridges because... Uh, I'm not paying out of pocket for this. Yeah, I'm running real low. It's a, it, We appreciated the printer. We use it every day, but man, that thing burns through the ink. Yeah, that's where they <laughs> get you. All right, thanks. Appreciate that. By end of business, Friday. Well, Mike, we appreciate it, man. This has by far been one of our smoothest recordings. I'm sure it has nothing to do with us recording without alcohol and, and uh, happy hour time. But uh, thanks again, man. Before... We let you go, man. Is there anything you want you want the fan base to uh, to kind of go take our support to? Obviously, Chelsea mic'd up. Subscribe, rate, and review. Is there anything else you want us to to take the army to? Yeah, I look. I know soccer is a hard sell, and uh, especially just English Premier League soccer is a hard sell. And then breaking it down to an individual team and asking you, I've got no interest whatsoever in listening to a podcast about like the New York Jets, right? Um, because I don't care about the New York Jets. Um, and in Premier League soccer, there's allegiances that are formed over years. So I wouldn't go out of my way to listen to Manchester United podcast. But if you're indifferent, if you're looking to get into it, we would certainly appreciate your support there. Um, I'm working really hard on the Jim Brockmeyer podcast. Um, I've listened to this first episode with Charles Barkley so many times that I've kind of psyched myself out. And I don't know if it's funny anymore just because I stopped laughing. Yeah. Uh, so I really hope that uh, you guys like that and check out episode zero now and please subscribe to that because I'm very quite, I'm quite proud of this. I've made up a stat. I don't think there's another producer in the history of podcasts that has had five number one podcasts to their name. Uh, And I really want that nice round number. So I'd like for a fifth podcast that I produce to go number one. 
um because no one can say that shit in the industry um and i'm not i'm not cocky about it but that's not that doesn't happen so you should be you should be yeah so i i want that i want that badly and it's gonna be look i'm dealing with immensely talented people jim brockmeyer is an incredible character and i can tell you if it's not for a lack of effort on this thing. We're all working really hard on it. So I, I hope the the audience, because their expectations are sky high because they know the character and they know what we do. So I hope to deliver on that. Jim Brockmeyer, well, Hank Azaria is going to be doing the late night talk show circuit. And that's the first time I've had that kind of promotion. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. We're all definitely looking forward to that. So lastly, on the count of three, can we get a thank you, Mike Chant? One, two, uh, wait, three. wait, 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 wait. These never go well. Your timing is all off on these. That's things. the point. That's the no, whole point. No, I don't want it. No, as a producer. Thank you, Mike. No, as a producer. Thank you, Mike. Giving me an anxiety attack. Please stop it. Oh, that's no, no, I hate it. Please stop. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lauer After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.